Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, this is the Spirit Doctor, Kelly Sparta, and you are listening to Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. Today I'm joined by Kathy Shiren. Hey Kathy. Hey! Surprise, we're doing mythology. You got to be here. <laughs> uh, we were talking earlier about um, talking at our ass. No, <laughs> we weren't talking about that. But we were talking about um, about the end of the world and about, you know, the, the things that are going on. I mean, I remember at my wedding, uh, my wedding was on September 27th, 2015. And at the time, they were reporting that biblical scholars were saying that the astrological indicators of the end times had been completed as of the day of our wedding, (laughs) which was on a super blood moon following two eclipses and some other random stuff that I can't remember now. And I stood up at the wedding and I said, well... You know, this is the case, and I always said that if I ever got married again, it would be the end of the world, and I'm sorry. And so I thought, <laughs> with with everything going south right now and everything like pandemic and pestilence, you know, it's like, okay, maybe maybe we're in the end times. What's going on here? Let's let's talk about the end of the world. And and we we started with Ragnarok because you know, hey, we love Marvel movies, so. <laughs> And uh, there's actually a great show on Netflix about Ragnarok uh, by that name. And it is really quite good. They, the uh, it's, it's very similar to the almighty Johnson's, which came out of, uh, I think it was New Zealand. 
a few, you know, probably a lot of years ago now. But um, the idea being that people became these Norse gods when they hit a certain age and or when they hit a certain point in their life and that these seemingly normal people were suddenly Norse gods and now what? And uh, that that entire premise is is borrowed by this uh, this series as well. And it's actually pretty decent for, you know, getting to know some of the characters. It's, I love watching modern day theater around uh, mythology because they teach you how they teach you who the characters are, who the gods are through the character development in the stories. And so for me, that's how we always used to learn mythology was by listening to the stories. And it's a very dry way to learn mythology these days by reading Wikipedia or, you know, whatever else you're reading to learn these stories. So uh, I'm a big fan of learning about it through, through modern day media. If, if it's good modern day media, which of course you don't know unless you've been reading the dry stuff. So it is what it is. So all this to say, hi, Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we're going to talk about the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. (laughs) So, uh, talk to us about Ragnarok. Pretty much every belief system or most belief systems have some component of an end time worked into the belief system. Uh, Ragnarok comes out of the Norse belief system. And there was uh, indications of what would bring it about. And when it did come about, um, giants and demons would arise and fight the gods and kill them, right? And it would, that would bring about the end of the world, and the world would be subsumed in water, and then it, eventually it would emerge nice and shining, and everything would start over again. Well, that sounds but the, a lot like, you know, Noah's Ark. And Noah's Ark, exactly. Atlantis. Exactly, and Atlantis, and a few other things. You know, there are, there are a lot of comparisons in mythology um, where you figure it's in so many different belief systems across so many parts of the world that somewhere back in there is some grain of real truth. Something really happened that gave rise to all these um, various stories in these different cultures. And uh, um, for Ragnarok, um, you know, Baldur, the the shining god, is one of the indications is he dies, right? And then um, the then they have the the thimble winter, which is sort of the I, I look at it and read, oh, they were talking, they didn't even know it, but they were talking about nuclear winter, where, you know, you have winter after winter after winter with no summer in between because of everything that's, you know, up in the air and pre- basically preventing the sun from getting through. So and the then um, God dies. Is the shining God the sun in this story then? Uh, Balder, he's the, uh, the son of Odin and Frigg, Queen of Asgard. And everybody loves him. Um, but, uh, the, when he gets, uh, when he is killed, the, the shining Loki in the mistletoe, this is the one where he made the arrow out of mistletoe and killed him. Okay. Hit Balder in the chest because, uh, Balder had a special, uh, mistletoe was Balder's kryptonite. Loki killed him off, but that was sort of the beginning of Ragnarok is the, the 
the guy, the shining God that everybody loved, not only because he was beautiful, but because he was kind and good. Um, so essentially, the if you think of it as a metaphor, is that which is shining forth as kind and good and all the rest of it, you know, the good stuff in the world, is killed off. So he killed Santa. Yeah, kind of. Okay. He, he killed Loki killed what is good in the world. And that's the indication of, or the first step in the bringing about of Ragnarok. Yeah. In case you missed it, guys, we're going to be smushing together mythology throughout this year, this episode, <laughs> because, you know, because they're all symbols, right? So in today's world, Santa is the symbol of all things good and kind in the world. So I've just made the reference for you. Yeah. So, um, so, so that which is good and kind gets killed off by Loki um, using, and we'll go back to, you know, Superman. There's a mythos too, right? Superman has his kryptonite, Balder had his mistletoe. So, you know, the, the good guys have weak spots. Uh, Achilles had his heel, um, whereby that which is, that which learns of what the weakness is can take him out and then obviously precipitate um, really uh, drastic actions like the end of the world. So you take out all the goodness and kindness. Well, then you have nuclear winter, the thimble winter, you know, where you got winter after winter after winter with no summer, which means no crops and, uh, no food and, you know, all the other things that go with that. And then, um, in Ragnarok, uh, the, the offspring of Fenrir, the monstrous roof wolf, sorry, Fenrir is the Fenrir is the, the big wolf, but his um, his offspring keep trying to eat the sun and the moon. They chase him. And, uh, and in Ragnarok, they catch him and they devour them. So there's no more light, which that sounds like nuclear winter again, right? That you, you Do we know basically, where this myth is from? Because, you know, that shit happened in 536. Uh, yeah, I know. But, but that's the thing is, is everybody says, okay, it's going to happen um, you know, the Mayan calendar, end of the world, 1212, okay? The Shakers said the world was going to end in 1794 or something like that. Um, the Jehovah's Witnesses have been predicting, you know, somewhere in the 1900s. Sorry, uh, Shakers was 1792. Um, the Everybody's got their own, um, you know, when is it going to end kind of thing. Um, I can't tell you how many times the revelation in Armageddon and the end times have been predicted by all kinds of, uh, you know, Christian mouthpieces, right? Starting with, I think in the first century was the first time they said, and God's kingdom is coming to earth and it will be the end times. Um, the, uh, the Left Behind series, right? That's been going on over the past, I don't know, 10 years or whatever, the books coming out with, okay, it's our, the, you know, God's going to rise up, raise up his people and everybody else is going to be left behind. Um, and this will be the end times and all these horrific things will happen. Pestilence and war and all, all this. You well, kind of already um, got those. Well, duh. Okay. So, so <laughs> like, maybe, like, maybe wait a minute. we've already got a pandemic. Russia's on the, on the verge of invading the Ukraine. Plus we've got countless, you know, war incursions everywhere on the planet and, and, you know, you've kind of already got it. <laughs> well, and it's not different, okay? Well, um, I mean, you, the worldwide pandemic go back is and, different, but, you know, it, not not that it hasn't happened before. I mean, the bubonic plague was much worse. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. Or the or the flu, 
um, the Spanish flu of the 1918 kind of thing. Um, yeah, didn't they kill off like a third of the world's population or something? Something like that. Yes. I mean, it was the numbers that they killed aren't as big as the numbers that are being killed right now, but there's a lot more people in the world right now. So as a percentage, it was actually a much larger percentage of the world's population died um, from things like the bubonic plague and from um, things like the, the Spanish flu, um, you know, along that line. So you can pretty much go back to almost any segment of history and say, oh, yep, lots of war, oh, lots of pestilence, yep, um, lots of famine, okay, hunger, etc. Yeah, I um, remember in the 80s, we used to hear about the famine in Ethiopia all the time. That was that was a big thing, right? There's been famine around for forever. Um, you know, you don't have to have nuclear winter to, you know, look at when Krakatoa blew up in the 1800s and threw so much ash into the air that it basically, it was the summer that never happened is the way that was described. Um, because the, you know, crops failed and, um, nothing would grow and it was, uh, it it happened all over the whole world. So, you know, these, the end time signs that are consistent in a number of different ways, um, are, uh, you know, Hinduism, okay, Vishnu returns to battle evil as a figure on a white horse. And the end times, pretty much the end times are when the good guys lose, okay? It's uh, the good guys lose and the world is destroyed, you know, is, is except in Christianity, and then the good guys get to leave the planet and the world is destroyed. Um, and, and if you really think about it, you know, I, I think I told you a long time ago, I got in trouble for asking in Sunday school if when dinosaurs ruled the earth, did God look like a dinosaur? Um, that did not go over well in Sunday school. But the point is, is when dinosaurs did rule the earth, right? And they don't anymore. There was a cataclysmic event and they're gone, right? So the world ended for them. There are a few remnants, birds. Well, there are a few remnants, but, remnants. you know, there's... Yeah. But the, mostly they're gone, yes. Yeah, they're mostly the all the the big ones, right? And a lot of the... And, you know, the Ice Ages and the, the Mastodons and the saber-toothed tigers and all the rest of that, they're all gone. And I don't think it was because we hunted them to extinction, you know. It was uh, change. It's an asteroid. Change happens. Hit the planet. And things. Boom. Yep. Which, you know, are, are you, you just said before we got on here that then 4,000 mile long, uh, foot long asteroid or something was coming towards us right now as we speak. Yes, it's uh, it's definitely you know, a subtle never air. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it is it is definitely happening um, that the this stuff, it just it shows up over and over and over again. So if you're, you know, look at the the guys with the um, uh, hail bop, right, when the hail bop comet was coming and uh, the hail bop, what happened was the um, they, they got their little purple things and their rolls of quarters. And, you know, it was meant that they were going to be picked up by the space aliens and carried away and they all committed suicide. That was Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the, again, another cataclysmic event, if you want to consider that, is uh, Jonestown, right? The the, the charismatic guy got a bunch of people in a place and then, you know, they all killed themselves off because that was the end of the world for them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is the thing, right? There's this, 
you know, I mean, everywhere you look, every time you turn around, somebody's saying the world is coming to an end. The world is coming to an end. It's like Chicken Little, right? And, you know, you and I are of an age where we're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> we're like, yeah. Okay. I think the wisest thing anybody ever said, actually, came out of my mom's mouth. And when she said, the world ends for somebody every day. And it's kind of like, and that's the truth we all live with is that, you know, the world could end today for us or tomorrow or next week or next year. You know, the the, the one thing about, uh, you know, if you want to talk about the world ending as a, as a metaphor for death, right? Well, one of the surest thing, one of the biggest guarantees of dying is being born. You know, those are the brackets. Okay, you get born and you die. And what you do in the middle, that's up to you. Okay, as to how much you really decide to embrace life and live life. But if you live your life, to me, the, what the end times are is kind of like if you live your life focused on when it's all going to end, I think that's going to kind of suck. And it's, you know, it's, it's not, not going to be fun. It's not a great uh, marketing tool to say, Earth, no one gets out alive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not a great marketing I'd rather say, tool. I'd rather say earth, pretty flowers and chocolate. Yeah. Right. And sex. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, being embodied. So the um there the to me the end time stuff is, you know, it's kind of like, well, sure, people are afraid of dying. And so anybody can say, hey, at some future point, right, there's gonna be this big thing, the calendars predicted or the the religious people predicted or the um, the holy books predicted or the 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 culture predicts it okay and you know a lot of these have come and gone remember the uh y2k there was a technological end of the world end of the world right? oh my god the the drama yeah. the drama exactly real man yes yeah. absolutely it was you know everything is going to disappear your bank accounts are going to disappear you can't the nothing will work you know i mean that was a it was everything out because your data will be gone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. But that was that was actually a technological end of the world rather than a religious end of the world. But nonetheless, it was an end of the world scenario. Well, yeah. Technology is our god in some ways. <laughs> exactly. We're still sitting here. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's it's even though you know recently everybody's been complaining about technology, and I I joked with Jewel the other day was like. Uh, earlier today, actually, she's like, ah, technology has been against me. And I'm like, yeah. And so that's been going around. I'm pretty sure the technology gods have COVID. (laughs) 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 I don't know what's going on, but they are not doing well right now. So yeah, I mean, everybody has their own impact from this stuff. And so, you know, there's, there's so much drama in the world right now. And I think, I think I kind of want to you know, we could talk about the mythology some more, but it, it, basically they're all the same, right? They, they all come down to the same thing. You know, good people lose, the world ends, and we all reset and start over, right? It's just bing, bang, boom. And it may say we reset and start over, or it may not. But, you know, in the Mayan calendar, it was just the end of the calendar, but they would have written a new calendar had they still been around to do it, you know, and it, it wouldn't have been a big deal. So, you know, 13,000 year cycles and whatever, 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 right? So, you know, the, the life is a spiral, life is a circle, and, you know, blah, 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 right? But really what it comes down to is, and, and especially with our political climate right now, 
everybody's like the world's going to come to an end about everything. I mean, the, the drama is so high right now. I mean, and, and it's drama. Let me be clear. I know you're going to say, well, I really believe. And it, you know what? If we actually sat down and talked to each other and we were willing to hear what the other person had to say and what their reasoning was instead of trying to shove our agendas down their throats, I don't care which side you're on, we would suddenly find that the other people are far more reasonable than we thought they were. Because the average person is not a nutsy whack job. We are being trained by media to believe that the average person is a nutsy whack job. And that is not the case. I have met many, 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 many average people. They have many different belief structures and almost none of them are nutsy whack jobs. Okay. So when you think about the other side of the political equation, remember they are not insane. They believe what they believe for a reason. What you need to understand is what their reasoning is, why they believe it. And then if we start to have real discourse, we might have a chance of coming back together. But the reason we're all buying into this Ragnarok theory right now, and I, I hear a lot of end times discussions, and we talked about it. I, I even put it on the podcast in 2020. We're in the middle of the apocalypse, right? Because everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Because the U.S. is at a crux point. And if we don't start talking to each other, if we don't start being humans to each other, the U.S. is at a dangerous place. If we end up in civil war, I don't think the country's going to survive it. You know, we need to be aware of this and we need to reach out to our, our, our people on the other side. And I don't care which side of the spectrum you are on. I know that there are many of you out there listening here who do not agree with what I believe in. And that's fine. And for those of you who do, that's fine. But reach out to the other side and talk to them. It is important that we try and reach out to our fellow people on the other side of the fence because the fence is imaginary, made up by the media propaganda on both sides. And we need to get real about what's real, which is each other. And so, yeah, I just got political on you. So that's okay. I'm, I'm doing my shaman job and I'm waking people up with stories. So <laughs> that's, that's the role of a shaman. So, you know, I'm not going to say which, which side is better or worse because I'm not really convinced that one side is better or worse. I think that, that we're both, both sides are being manipulated by power. And if you want to stop being manipulated by power, you've got to step out of what power is doing and step into what's real. Have conversations with people who don't believe what you believe and try and figure out why everybody believes what they believe. That's the only way to do it. I like asking questions like, okay, so that's what you believe. How's that working for you? You know, so how's it working for you to think that this is the end times, you know, to make you happier, feel good about it, enjoying your life more, um, you know, having better days, waking up, you know, ready to go and, and live your life. Um, the, the, a lot of our beliefs are set up to help us sort of make sense of our lives. And, you know, when they don't work to make sense of our lives anymore, when they, when they make our lives miserable, okay, when they, when, you know, the, when everybody ends up angry and frustrated and miserable, it's kind of like, hmm, maybe we need to be looking at shifting our beliefs into something that is more, um, that brings us more into 
a life that we want to live, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it was Shelly Campbell who said that she, she said to me, um, I don't know if she said it to me in person or not. I can't remember. It might've been in one of her books, but what she said was that, you know, she had a belief that when she died, she just stopped being and it stressed her out and it made her fear dying. It made her fear a lot of things. And that one day she just went, I can't possibly know what happens when I die. So I'm just going to believe that I go to heaven or that I get reincarnated or, you know, something like that, that makes me happy and makes me not be afraid to die because I can't do anything about it. So I might as well pick a belief structure that makes me happy in the interim, which I thought was just a brilliant concept of like, yes, that's, that's a really great idea. Right? So when you can't possibly know what the truth is, then pick a belief that makes you happier, right? So, you know, don't assume that, you know, people are out to get you because, you know, that's going to manifest energy that will bring people who are out to get you to you. So let's start with that, right? Because what you focus on expands, right? And secondly, um, it makes you miserable. <laughs> you know, my mother spent her whole life thinking everyone was out together. I kept trying to explain to her she just wasn't that important to everybody. You know, people people had to actually care about you to want to be out to get you. They have to care about you enough to spend a lot of time to be out to get you. And and the average person really doesn't pay any attention to you whatsoever. That's just sort of the nature of the beast. And, you know, especially today with social media and, you know, everybody jumping up and down going, look over here, look over here. You know, it's 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 hard for anybody to even notice that anybody else has done anything. So, you know, sometimes nobody's out to get you. <laughs> you know? So I do it with the driving thing, you know, people, the aggressive driver stuff and they go, Oh, he cut me off in traffic. Rah, rah, rah. And I said, you know, he's a, he's an SOB. And I go, well, I prefer to believe that the reason this person cut you off in traffic and they're driving so fast is that they just got a, they just got word that their child was in an accident and has been taken to the hospital and they're desperate to get to the hospital to, to, you know, be with their injured child. And that somebody, I told that to somebody, told that to numerous somebodies and they always look at me and go, you don't know that. And I said, yeah, but you don't know yours is true either. And mine makes me happier. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think I looked at you and said, no, nah, they're just an entitled SOB. <laughs> entitled asshole is, I think, what I said. <laughs> we were in the car at the time. I'm like, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, is you don't know. It's another no, one of those things in, right. a very, in a very small way. You know, we're just talking about out driving in traffic. We're not talking about the end times in that situation. But the belief that you hold or what you project then defines your experience in the moment. And if I was, you know, if I was in a space that said, oh, you know, maybe they're rushing to a hurt loved one's side, then, you know, I can have some compassion for that. And the step beyond that, obviously, is to not personalize it at all, to not interpret it at all, to just acknowledge it as this is how this person drove and this is how people drive around here and I need to drive defensively or pay attention to what I'm doing so as to minimize the, you know, the probability of getting into an accident. And then you're not in, then you're not adding a belief or an interpretation at all. You're just responding to what is. Yeah. I am much better at that in Richmond than I was in Boston. 
<laughs> because in Richmond, the, the, the stupid shit that'll kill you happens much less often. <laughs> so I can be much more understanding of it when it, when it happens three times in a mile, I get apoplectic. I'm like, you're trying to kill me, right? That's that's usually when I get upset is when, you know, if you're just going to do something stupid, that's fine. Do something stupid. But if, if it's likely to kill me, then then we're going to have a problem. So, yeah, it's, it, and, you know, it is what it is. We do the best we can, right? Sometimes we can make that transition and sometimes we can't. And clearly Kathy is better at it than I am. <laughs> I, I get to the point in my own life where I'm like, I'm making myself miserable. That's a stupid thing to do. <laughs> you know? So I look know. at it like, you know, my adrenaline just spiked because this person just did something that almost killed me. I'm going to get it out of my mouth so that I can let the energy go. <laughs> it's yeah. no fun to be in a car with me. Don't drive with me. <laughs> my, my husband and I have an invisible sign on the passenger side dash that says people suck. We just slap it when people do stupid stuff. <laughs> but mostly I let my husband drive. <laughs> that's a that's a that. good alternative also. <laughs> but it, it just comes back to if if the focus on end times per se is, you know, you're you're consuming all the negative media, you're consuming all the um, you know, the oh, it's the end of the world kind of thing, and you're buying in right? You're, you're getting enmeshed in it. You're getting attached to it. You're, it's starting to really permeate you and make you miserable. You know, the, it's like the old uh, Bob Newhart skit, right? Stop it. You know, just <laughs> if you stop haven't it. seen that, you need to go look it up on YouTube. Just look up Bob Newhart, stop it. You'll find it. It's hysterical. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is, this is what we're talking about. Right. And, and I just want to say one more piece of the puzzle, which is why I want to talk about why we have so many Karens in the world right now and why the, the incidence of Karenness is showing up. And that's because people are traumatized and people are empty. They are done. That's why we're having the great resignation. That's why the amount of people flipping out over stupid shit is, is increasing. It's why people are acting out in any number of ways. It's because we are traumatized from the pandemic, traumatized from the stuff that's going on in the world, traumatized from not being able to leave and, and not being able to live our lives normally. We are flipping out. And because there's nothing in our face beating us over the head, where so many of us are going, well, what do you mean I'm traumatized? I'm just sitting in my house. How can I be traumatized? It's freaking traumatizing to be stuck in your home for two years. It is traumatizing. Even if you got out, even if you're back to somewhat of a, some semblance of a normal life, wearing masks everywhere, you know, dealing with all of the political angst that goes along with wearing the masks everywhere and, and, you know, all of the, the propaganda going on and on both sides, it's traumatizing. And that's why people are acting out. And so try and have some compassion. And I know we have compassion fatigue as well, because it's been freaking two years, right? Um, but try and understand that, that, the person in front of you who is acting like a Karen is actually three years old emotionally in that moment. And they are having a temper tantrum because they don't know how to do anything else in that moment. And so, yes, it doesn't mean you have to, to 
say that the behavior is okay. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's, it's, you, you can understand where it's coming from, even if it's not okay. So it is what it is. So we've sort of run the gamut on this one. Yeah, we have the, uh, the, yeah, we definitely have, but I still think it comes back to, if you're looking at end times, the world ends for somebody every day. Actually, the earth, the world ends for a lot of people every day. So, you know, it's, it's always ending at some point for someone. Um, and that if you want to live your life in a more positive, healthy, joyful, um, you know, inclusive, uplifting, growth-oriented way, then um, focusing on that which pulls you down, makes you unhappy, um, you know, makes you suspicious, makes you uh, want to, you know, isolate from your fellow human beings, um, not because of a pandemic, but because of, you know, how you interpret them to be, um, isn't going to, those two things don't align. You know, the, you, they do not work together. So the, you know, what do you want in your life? It really comes down to what do you want in your life? And then make your choices. Yours. That's right. Make choices to, to bring more of what you want into your life and to not choose and not align yourself with what you don't want. Yeah. So your life is yours to choose. Choose wisely in Jedi. All right. All right. And this, that's a good place to finish the episode. So uh, make sure you subscribe and rate, please. And also, my book is coming out here soon. Uh, it may not be out quite yet by the time this podcast ep- episode airs, but it'll be really close right around this time. We, we don't have a set date yet because I'm still editing it. But um, my book is coming out. It's called The Overachiever's Guide to Nailing Your Spiritual Growth in Record Time Without Quitting Your Job, Turning Over Your Power, or Joining a Cult. And we kind of like that one. So and it's, it's nice and friendly. It's your irreverent guide to finding happiness. And, you know, the cover has a lovely little thing says, come on in, we have snacks. So, you know, as per normal, it's snarky and fun and chock full of content. <laughs> Kathy just edited it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in this. A lot. Yeah. And then for the record, Kathy edits books for a major publisher. <laughs> in the spiritual business world. And, uh, and, and she, she said to me, she was like, um, so, you know, those books that say this is a deep dive and this has got a lot of information and they give like one or two, maybe three topics that they go deep into that you go, aha. She's like, your book is like that every page. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I tend to not sugarcoat or, you know, I, I, I just say what I got to say, boom, all at once. So it is a deep dive and it is the spiritual curriculum that we've been talking about that, that, that nobody has. So uh, keep your eyes open. And if you want to be informed of when it actually comes out, you can join the mailing list, which you can do by either downloading the Boundaries for Empaths download on the homepage of kellysparted.com or you can go to the, the bottom of the homepage of kellysparta.com and just join the mailing list directly. And that way you will get informed when the book is available. Uh, it's going to be cheap too. It's going to be like five bucks. So everybody should be able to get a copy. No problem. Easy peasy. Uh, lemon squeezy. And uh, 
then so you know make sure you you subscribe to that and then we'll let you know when that's coming out and uh if you are listening to the minis on this podcast if you're listening in the audio form know that they are also being published on youtube so if you want to watch me while i talk you can go over to youtube and watch those episodes there the full length episodes are not being recorded in video because I don't want to dress up that much. So, <laughs> so with that, I will bid you adieu. And assuming that Ragnarok does not take us out between now and then, we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And that's all we have for this week. Join us next time when I share another episode on energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Kelly Sparta, here with Kathy Shiron, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye-bye. I'm driving Wondering where my spirit will I'm driving Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing but you feel like you kind of probably should especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.